are listening to the 11th hour, the 21st episode of the 11th hour. Not the 20th, as we thought. Not the 20th, like we thought. A weekly podcast about rancid and rancid-related activities. Uh, each week, we one of us picks a song by rancid or somebody related to rancid, <laughs> and we uh, discuss our complicated feelings about it. And this week, a first happened, which was the first time a new piece of rancid-related material came out, I think, while we were doing the podcast, which was um, the interrupters, a sort of... Um, um little brother little sister band to rancid to tim especially uh put out a new album uh and tim guessed it on a track called as we live and so i thought well we got to talk about it it's new new rancid content so uh yeah as we live are a band that's been sort of in Tim Armstrong's shadow for a few years now. It's a Hellcat. It's kind of a classic Hellcat thing. I've kind of talked about it. This might not be the episode to go into it, but there's this sort of history of Tim finding people that can help him do the reggae, the ska side of things. So he sort of adopts bands and, and then leaders from those bands to be kind of second in command on some of these songs from Vic Ruggiero or mm-hmm. The Slackers back in the day to then he had agrolites as kind of his backing band on the solo album and then the last few years a big part of tim and friends has actually been this group it's been to a lot of tim and friends is basically this this group of folks which is the interrupters which is the three bavona brothers and uh uh amy interrupter i don't know her actual last name i saw it at some point this week when i was looking at it and i've completely forgot <laughs> But uh, they are sort of a high-energy, very live-focused, kind of very simplified version of ska punk that's kind of bringing it back a little bit. They're, they're one of the more successful bands on Epitaph these days. Um, the interesting thing to me has been uh, the first three records, almost all the songs have an actual songwriting credit from Tim. Mm-hmm. It seems as though he is quite a bit of a fifth member and a and a sort of pro- he produces it all and he's um, it comes through. I mean, it's kind of some of these songs sound like the poppiest end of Tim uh, mixed with somebody who can actually sing. But it, I mean, her vocal styling feels like kind of like Brody was, meets Tim, but was, somebody can sing. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, it sounds so much like Brody to me. Yeah, exactly. So it's got there's obviously a vocal quality he likes and it's a little weird and and the fact that he was songwriting credits on every single one of these songs was always kind of odd to me and it's kind of part of that discussion we've had around how much does he kind of bring people in and then control their output Mm -hmm. what's kind of interesting is this album because of covid excuse me was written separate from tim and not at tim's studio like it was before they actually built their own studio at home and this was kind of their whole how they got through covid which is i mean the story right of everybody right, right sure days. um and that was that was curious to me so like i and the reason i've listened to a lot of interrupters was i was you know kind of tooling through recent hellcat and 
my son who's seven really liked the interrupters because it's very sing-along it's very big and we watched some of their live stuff and he got really hooked because they were so like you know they're just chant along songs you you hear them once you know every lyric it's super simple stuff um but it's you know it's kind of like rancid light it's tim light for the most part with a much better singer and uh and you know it's it's not great but it's not horrible and it it does the job and he really liked it he was telling me it's his new favorite band I was oh like, okay. yeah i mean that makes I sense i was like i i felt yeah the, the thing that i kept coming back to especially of this song is it's like it's very disney yeah a big big time it's very la right like it's very yeah it's very um bright positive there's actually some pretty interesting underlying things like she she had a pretty fucked up life amy and um some of that comes out in not the most subtle ways but it comes out and uh there's some politics what's really interesting is she had a period of being like a hyper uh libertarian like a hyper libertarian oh and seems to have gotten over it but it kind of fits with the model of like she had been a survivor of a lot of stuff she was from montana she kind of I think it has that mentality of like, well, I got through something, so everybody should bootstrap themselves. I was able to bootstrap myself out of problems like everybody should. You see that pattern a lot. Um, I think she actually has to like, there was like a reckoning as they were getting bigger of like people being like, what the hell's up with this woman? And she seemed to be like, look, I was a little off the mark. You know, I was going, you know, like this thing of like, we all ask everybody who's like basically going, you know, having their own shit and neuroses like to be correct about their political views at all times and it's like political views are driven by so many things sure. including trauma and and fear and all these things right so well i mean you know still, credit to her if she can if you can be kind of like self-reflective about that and uh yeah i mean you know who knows if it's like their agent well was i mean like, that's true too <laughs> you know you gotta chill out on like I, I think she went on like years ago i think she went on um this that walking bag of shit um uh, <laughs> that does not narrow it down <laughs> uh, the guy i just had the the text messages why can't i think of his name uh uh sandy hook text message oh alex jones why can't i alex jones i couldn't oh, fuck, name really again. like she went on alex jones a lot and she was like it was just this fun guy who was crazy oh. i think it was recent enough that it was like how did you not know yeah you know, like, so anyway she's been walking a lot of that back but in general their vibe is like this very like kind of what rancid was in the 90s where they're like we want to preserve all this good stuff from like the scott punk history and they play all these covers and they have this big kind of um very raucous kind of sing-along show but yeah it does feel like a little bit of like the pop star version kind of a inheritor to no doubt in a certain that's way. what i was gonna Not say just because of this the- what this reminded me of so much was i mean like a it reminded me a lot of like 90s no doubt like yeah or even like late period stuff like like yeah like when you knew gwen stefani was like secretly more of a pop star than a punk rock kid mm-hmm. you know what i mean like like and and she actually i believe i mean this is i believe amy actually had like on a like a failed career trying to be more of a pop star like oh she really had, I think she there's a shelved album somewhere where she was just a, like I'm pulling up her Wikipedia page here. Amy Allen. Yeah, yeah. Allen is Amy uh, Allen, which is another person. No, no, that's her. No, I'm saying oh. is that the name of another? Oh yeah, person? it is. is Apparently, she's... Amy Allen is an American song. Yeah, yeah, that is some other person. 
Yeah, I feel like that's another famous person. That's why she got the yeah. she's going hard on Amy Interrupter. But um she had like a whole like unfinished career and like I think she's a little bit you know, like this is like a second act a, a little bit for her. Mm-hmm. And so the wild success, like they she they go on tours with Green Day and uh Dropkick Murphys and Rancid and stuff, and the sort of like live success of this band. The other three members of it are these three brothers, two twins and a older brother that are all know kind of squeaky clean in this fun way funny way not fun funny. um <laughs> <laughs> kind of in a little creepy way but they're you know they're fine they were kind of engineers i think kevin the main guy and like the main guitarist backup singer guy he was somehow part of tim's kind of circle of engineers like like i think a lot of the transplant stuff he was on and and you know they all kind of came together somehow in la and had a couple okay songs at the beginning but you know over time got better totally passable totally good for like if you got a seven eight nine year old who you know yeah. kind of wants to get into energetic punk rock it's totally fine you know solid it's the themes other you know there's a lot of like themes about abuse and and survivorship you know but then everything else is mostly just unity kind of vibes and uh kind of us against the world sort of vibes and stuff you'd expect from a Tim adjacent stuff Tim adjacent thing uh, definitely not amazing but completely passable and in terms of Hellcat bands like certainly more uh, accomplished than a lot of them uh, I don't even know who's on Hellcat at this point to be honest well at this point it's weird it's like Dropkicks are still their biggest thing and then mm. uh, Boss Tones ended up there on their last album which is weird but uh. it made sense I guess they're the, kind of the last old school thing and then also there's something like really of, fucked up with him recently with what's his name oh yeah like they yeah. broke up because what's his name was a shit yeah. the main guy Dickie yeah. was a shit like that. I never gave a shit uh, yeah anyways uh, most of the time Hellcat is just a bunch of also ran kind of ranted lights and things like that you know so um, this being kind of interesting and separate is, is you know it's fine it's passable I don't think anybody needs to go listen to Interrupters. I did find it very interesting that we had a new Tim song. So while he's not a songwriter on this song or on the album, like the way he is on the past, he has one actual feature on this song, on this album with As We Live. Um, It's also at that point, at that point I'll put in the, I can, the Tim, the Tim verse. So, so Tim's not, a huge part of the song as far as I can tell I think they had most of the structure of the song you can kind of you kind of feel it um, and the truth is Tim is not the interesting part of the song at all um, I do think it's it cracks me up to hear Tim sing the lyric life is for dancing as we live as we live this is the time to love in the fall of the western civilization leave the bus and arrive at the station Vocation, stereo citation, peace and love raise the world vibration for dancing, life is for moving, long as I'm breathing, I ain't renewing, life is for dancing, life is for moving, long as I'm breathing. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, I mean, he does, it's, come on, it's, it's like, it's absurd, it's great, I mean, it's not great, actually, I, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even understand, like, Tim being on this song feels completely pointless. 
to yeah i mean he, he comes in kind of out, out of nowhere and he this is very positive kind of second wave ska sort of sounding track and it's like it's very posy happy we're you know we as we live it's all about i actually don't hate the idea of like love is an action i love that sort of idea of course but this is like the most every as with everything with interrupters it's the most on the nose sentiment you can pull it is have time you know while we're alive we should be having fun and love is an action and you know like this it, seems like it a feels, therapy record a little bit say these you know, feel like, like um like motivational posters you would see yeah like they're like affirmation yeah, or like in an elementary yeah. class like i, I go to yeah, my kids yeah, yeah. meet the teacher thing next week for, for fourth grade and there's gonna be like <laughs> these lyrics yeah, on I mean, which is fine i guess does. i don't you know but i mean again like i don't want to judge that too much because i think everybody could do with a little bit more of it but i totally agree it's like there's not a lot of subtlety to, to the poetry of it at all yeah and it um but i mean if she's like going through radical acceptance therapy and she decided that this is like how she wants to express it, it's like i'll take that over a lot of things i'll take that over skinhead rob talking about his oh how how, <laughs> how lavish his life is and lavish his life is you know, at one volume stuff, you know she can change volumes so that's good <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> And so it's you know it's kind of this like it's a little too fast song like it, 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 they kind of get that thing of like it, this song kind of zips by and that's kind of part of the idea is that life is going to go away and yeah. you should have fun while you're here. But the real headline of this song is that Rhoda Dakar, Dakar sorry, Rhoda Dakar from the Body Snatchers and the Specials, who they like quite a bit and connected with at some point, does a, a little bit at the end and she comes in and it's just like huge opening breath of fresh air for me I feel, where it's just like holy crap her voice is incredible I no like, I think it is but I feel again I feel like to me it feels like such a it feels like a wasted opportunity Like she's barely there, like yeah. And it just she's like on the chorus, but like they're all on the chorus, so it's like or the yeah the chorus, but like you can't really tell any voice apart. Like you, I mean, yeah, it's just again, like you've got Rhoda Dakar, like do something. Yeah. Come on, I I don't know. It felt to me again. Have I, I agree. Both like, of the get the why guests. Why have Tim and them the, on the same track and like it's this very short track and then you're just out. Yeah, and I mean it's they're you know well and I mean. And I get there's probably some reasons for it, but you've got Tim and you've got Rhoda, and you make Tim far more present on the song. Come on, like I and I and this is I mean, they both have one chunk. Like, well, right, but his is thing. like, like I I don't know. I feel like his is more prominent. Maybe that's just because I've mostly tuned out the song by the time I get to the end. I don't know, <laughs> but like it just. To me, it was really it frustrating. Put Tim on the track for sure. But it just—it was—it's really frustrating because I—I love her. I think she's great. And then, and so, you know, when you pick this, and I, you, I think you mentioned or I said whatever that, you know, she had a guest one. I was like, oh man, awesome. And then it's just kind of—it's like, well, I mean, it's good, but it's just, yeah, you could have done so much more with her. And I mean, with the second she cuts through, her voice is just so interesting and so beautiful. And like the song, you can tell they had to like pull out like some of the instrumentation changes because they just wanted to like let her ride it, you know. 
and it's just yeah you're like why isn't she like a feature player on a whole track and why did you have to shoehorn team into the same track as her and that to me feels like a if uh, a like uh, yeah like oh you got well i i want to be on the track with her like that's yeah and it's it's interesting because later in the album they have the two singers from hepcat come do alec desert and greg lee come and do a track which i think is kind of a throwback to old Hep, you know hellcat stuff uh, and, uh, and stuff and they, they're like sharing that song in a way that like these guys are not yeah. and so you also wonder like did they record that's over you know i'm sure it was done like, like remote or yeah or, yeah exactly yeah i don't know i mean it just it's cool like and i'll take it you know almost pretty much any opportunity to hear someone like her you know perform and sing but um i think of it this is like a weird connection but um that record last year that was like pharaoh sanders and floating points and the london symphony mm-hmm. and so like pharaoh sanders to me is one of the like you know he's like mount rushmore of, of yeah. saxophone players and I, generally it's like i will take any opportunity to hear pharaoh play but man that fucking record was depressing that like <laughs> I, it was just i've always bounced off of it and everybody had so much thoughts about it and i've just mostly would because it's it, it's so I, I mean it's like that's what's kind of depressing about it is that it's just kind of mm-hmm. there and it's kind of it doesn't like there's i mean some people thought it was life-changing and i don't want to like take that away from them but it just no didn't connect for me and not in any there was some real vitriol about it yeah that was that. like that was weird like i don't know i mean i think some people were th- feeling like pharaoh sanders was being exploited and i don't really think about that maybe and there maybe was i don't know i you know i can't i i i have my doubts maybe i don't know but i just like it, it was this but beyond the whatever you think of that record like you can uh, well i guess maybe i mean pharaoh sanders is in his 90s so i don't know how much you know how, how you can't necessarily expect the pharaoh sanders of like of the alice coltrane records or something right sure, um, sure, yeah. although roscoe mitchell is pushing 90 and freaking can run like circles around 20 yeah. year olds but they're anyway it was the same like again like seeing that she was on here it was like awesome and then it was just like ah <laughs> like it was and it was like it was it was it's very inconsequential is that the there you go that's the word and that and that's kind of how it felt with that floating points in record like it felt very yeah. inc- and you know i it's, and it's hard for me to think of like those two ideas like road to dakar and inconsequential it's like those two things don't go together but that's kind of what they yeah, and even like new Tim music too. Like, well, I mean, Tim Tomgon kind of nuked the like oh the mythos right. <laughs> of incidental Tim, you know. But like, which is good and fine. That's kind of a punk rock thing. But like, I think in general, that's kind of my takeaway from the Interrupters is like inconsequential is exactly right. Like, I bet I'm sure if I was 12, 13, like when I was getting into the music like this. And I went to an interrupter show. I would have been like, "This is the greatest thing." Oh, sure, yeah, you know. And then, as it seeing, I think I'm lucky to be able to kind of see it through the, the world of this sort of simplified, positive version, pop version of this sort of Hellcat Rant Tim sound. With for my son, yeah. is really really like he can grok it really fast. He can like really get into it. He's back in the back of my car. My car's shaking as we drive. Oh to, man. Um, 
because he's drumming air drumming so hard right and like and you know it's it's kind of nice to see like functionally good musicians playing tim like stuff this is not really the track for that like i could point you to some older tracks where it's like wow that is tim you know what I mean? like it is just yeah him ghost wrote this and and it's like i don't hate the idea of like yeah like good musicians working on him on sort of his legacy of of, of a type of approach to songwriting but again in, inconsequential like yeah. it won't there'll be a point where calvin stops caring about it and it's just this kind of novelty when it pops up you know if they do other albums or tim pops up with them you know and it's the sort of thing like there will be a day where i go yeah okay yeah i haven't thought about them in a long time but there's also this thing of like there is this interesting thing of like ska is beginning to become more like gen z like scott have you heard about this a and little bit yeah like the jer guy have you heard about this guy like like scott's actually being real like many good things is being really really grabbed by various lgbtq plus like factions of like oh there's this there's these other ways to express yourself and you can kind of do it in a postmodern way and uh there's these sort of people popping up that do interesting versions and well, these guys are a little older yeah. and a little more trad. They are definitely part of like hmm. kind of making it acceptable again. And that's that's a little bit of like part of the mission of this is like because we all went, um, I'm sick of modified boss tones and real big fish, we sort of dropped the entire concept of ska on the floor, which is like oh wait hold on is that what we want to do <laughs> you know like we want to take that seasoning and just completely leave it out of our cookbook you know what i mean like like that's that's always sort of a weird thing to me so like yeah anytime you know and some of this has been oh we love life oh wait like wh wh we wish more people could make records influenced by the same things you know and and it's like i i think because of the backlash to sky and sort of all these like very like simplified pop versions of stuff that happened in the 90s yeah i mean i think the, I, it took 30 years or something to come well, back and like it's, it's crazy and it's really sad that it's because of uh, crap like the mighty mighty boss tones and real big fish like i like and i i mean I, I don't think you're wrong but it's like i don't know that was always the worst of <laughs> like yeah but i mean they they crossed over no and, and I, yeah i mean it's yeah it, it's just uh, it's it's really interesting going back and like i think one of the best things this podcast has done um kind of might hold some of this for later but it has made me go back mm -hmm. and actually re-examine things through the lens of like without some of the irony you know and sort of distance and there's a lot of stuff in like some of these scenes that like i because of an assumption missed out on i was talking about how like Wow, Sham 69 is a lot more interesting than right. I expected it to be with the way people are talking about it. Uh, I definitely have a whole rant about the uptones now that I've finally been listening to them. Um, <laughs> like, it's a whole other thing. Like, it's, it's wildly different. And so, um, and then Body Snatchers was a thing. I actually was listening to Body Snatchers stuff because of we were watching this little short documentary with Calvin huh. of the interrupters and Rhoda was there talking to them and they were talking oh, about how cool. dance craze is all they watch on tour. You know, they just love the, the movie mm -hmm. dance craze, which is like all those live performances, like the specials and stuff. And so I watched dance craze and I listened to the body snatchers and it was like, 
that's something I vaguely knew about, but it's like so good to come back with new eyes and be like, God, some of this is so weird. And if you think about it being like 40 years ago and like it was closer to World War II than to today and like, like, <laughs> you know, like, like this was really interesting revolutionary stuff. Yeah. And, um, and it's a bummer that that whole thing just is not being used very often in like interesting music. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I kind of mean that where it's like, it's, it's a shame that stuff like that and like a lot of the, you know, like the British two tone stuff and kind of got, it all got swept away because of the backlash against the worst of it. Like, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, like Bonnie Body Boston's and like Real Big Fish weren't part of that, but it was like, that's what people, that's all they knew of ska. And, yeah, exactly. and so they and, threw, and so it was like, people just threw out all of it. And it's like, but it's like when people are like, I don't like techno because I don't like crazy frog. Right. You know oh, I mean? no, like, oh, it's, it's like, the same thing with people. Yeah. I mean, you always say, oh, I like all music except for rap and country. It's like, <laughs> okay. But like that, yeah. A, those are like the two of the biggest genres in American music. And B, like, how can you just dismiss an entire, but people, but it is, I mean, that's what it does. Like that's, I mean, that's a very, yeah, that, that simplification. And, and don't get me wrong. When I was a teenager, I was one of those fucking people. I was like, Oh, I don't listen to rap or country. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. you know, like, cause I was like a 14 year old idiot, but uh, yeah. And also back then it was, there was this sort of monetary thing of, yeah. Like, I only have $14 to put toward the CD, so I better love right. it. I better, it's an identity thing versus like, I can type in anything. It's right. Spotify or whatever. The Absolutely. YouTube, and I can hear anything, you know, like then you don't have to feel like it's this like culture war you're part of as much. But it is, so, I mean, yeah, I'll have to do some dig because I'm totally out of the loop as to what the ska revival-ish thing going on. The only thing I can think of like is, so... Uh, my, my my kid had a period where may still be having a period I don't know she really liked 100 Gex and I'm fine with that mm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I know that a lot of people really hate them but I kind of I, 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 I but I mean unless something right, happened, right, right but like uh, her favorite song is Stupid Horse which is the best fucking song and it's got that up like it's like a yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. it's like a ska song from an alternate future where everything is everyone is on a lot of weird fucking drugs that I've never heard of and or something, but like, and I like, and so I remember when I heard that thinking, Whoa, somebody's doing something totally different was like, it's ska adjacent. And it's, um, and, and I love, I, I, I was, I was all for it. And, uh, so I'm, and it's not exactly as, yeah, exactly. Like, but I want to see more of that. Yes. I want to see like, how can we do, I mean, this goes back to the, how do we bring this forward into the music that we love? And it, I mean, it's always been more, okay, like the official ska sort of in modern stuff has been more dub and reggae, right? Like those are the approved versions of this stuff. But like, I think the intensity of punk is a thing that, um, and punk, I, I mean punk meaning like there's sort of a vibrancy, not just hardcore, because hardcore you can get into slides right into experimental music pretty well mm -hmm. but i think there's an interesting thing of like i think of dan friel and some other people that like take the intensity of actual kind of pop punk and then do weird shit with it right you know and i think there's yeah that's kind of why i like sun watchers is they take that that's why i like z's that's why i like um horse lords you know like like these bands that take the intensity of melodic punk and find things to do with it and they would i know a lot of those bands would be like what are you talking about but 
I'm just talking about as a as a slice of what they're doing. You you can trace it backwards, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's and, yeah. I, I think that's like the the intensity and like sort of directness of it is because a lot of the music I listen to and make, I don't feel like is like the to me like there's it's more ephemeral in a way, you know, and like yeah, um, yeah and, and thinking and ex- like people doing experiment, like I think, uh, and this is because he's fr- front of my mind because I'm working on something but um a person who really does is like bill Orcutt to me is mm. somebody who really it's like uh, you know and I, I i don't know if you'd call it punk rock whatever that's like although i think that joey roan fucking album thing he did is like the most bananas punk rock mm-hmm. but um i think that's part of why i respond to someone like that has their music so much because it's got that sort of visceral directness um woven into yeah. a totally like into a totally different thing but it's still got that kind of i don't know it's it's uh, I, I talked about this with john mueller um when he was here mm, yeah talk about and yeah. and we were talking because he, he we were kind of bonding over growing up in punk scenes and how we still mm-hmm. carry so much of those sort of ethos with us and you know like oh well, i'm gonna put on a show i'll just fucking do it myself i don't need like backing or money (laughs) like we'll just figure out a way to do it and i think that there are a lot of people like i think i respond to people who kind of have that experience and channel it in ways um like anyway yeah so yeah no 100 percent. also why isn't we gotta get john on uh (laughs) not that i know if he likes rancid but we still gotta get him on uh (laughs) but like yeah, fully. Like I, I think that not only there's a space for intensity, but like John knows the the fact that's a great example to me of like with Death Blues. Stuff, oh man, he knows the power of melody yeah. and and uh, group vocals and uh, you know like that's really channeling a lot of that stuff of like the the weirdness of how much you can make interesting weird music around sort of traditional forms, and then he also can just go play a snare drum for 25 minutes you know like in the in a and it's transfixing too you know like i like that thing of like experimental music can be both you know what i mean and it can be uh based on kind of traditional forms and not and i love people who can kind of slide between those and that's why john's like yeah i love the hell out of him but like more of that i mean oh one thing i was gonna say is like i remember viscerally hearing horse stepping the that first seven inch from like one of the first seven inch from Sonara and it like had this real dubby beat and it's just like yes you know like or or edibles from Dewey you know and the that crew like but like I get that like it's cool when you slow down so much that you get into the dubby you know like of course that's the easiest part to import into some of the music like psychedelic music but like I want to see what somebody does with like tempo version of that you know like and i want it to be an okay spice that is just in everybody's you know and most of the 80s was that it was like a thing that you could just add to your music you know what i mean like and then this sort of ultra focusedness of of crossover ska punk right made people just associate that sound with boring shit but before it was like the range of people that were doing weird dubby mixed with ska stuff or would throw that in was huge i mean it was everybody yeah know? no i mean i think so. that yeah and i um uh, yeah and i don't i don't know i don't know where 
the interrupters fall on that. I yeah, feel I like mean, they yeah, fall they're, more they're... closer to the Mighty Mighty Boston side of it, but that's maybe. For sure. uh, and that's but if it if it makes a bunch of kids grow up caring about ska yeah without the overtone of no yeah i'm like i'm of of self-editing then maybe they, I, that's where we get sure the, the, the better outcomes and i'm, you know and I'm I mean? totally like i think it's great that the interrupters exist and are doing what they're doing i just don't necessarily want to listen to it yeah i don't <laughs> and i there was no effort in my mind to make it do it. Yeah, <laughs> no I, and, and honestly though i kind of i you know I've played it for my daughter so my daughter's nine so she's two years older than your um, mm-hmm. and it just she didn't really respond to it at all but then she likes like 100 Gex and she likes she likes some rancid like I played I don't remember what song it was I played the other day oh I had of all the songs I had in my head and this was almost the song I picked for next week, which we'll get into, which I didn't, but yeah. I had like Telegraph Avenue song was stuck in my head and I put, and, she, and, and she was like, Oh, this is good. This is rancid. I was like, I never know what the fuck you're going to like it. <laughs> well, Calvin. Yeah. Tell me about it. Cause Calvin said to me, well, my first favorite band was Powell. Like the Powell, like, the, uh, the weirdo. Dance yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> and then he's like, but now I like interrupters. And there was like queen in there or something is like the list of like his favorite bands and i was like yeah all right <laughs> you know yeah. it was just like my kid my kid listens uh, to a lot of disney shit so i and anything yeah. she can be, like go in her room and belt out uh yeah and then and then she had a weird phase where she was really into michael jackson except for she kept could never remember his name so it became jack cartman so <laughs> and it's still in our house be like oh you want to listen to jack cartman listen to jack yeah. cartman and then and then like when those sing movies came out she was super into those soundtracks which that was fine like that didn't those like they had pretty good song like i'd rather hear the original versions of course but it was like okay i'd rather you like listen to some like okay cover of like prince than like um have to listen to let it go again or something so i was gonna say (laughs) but yeah uh all right, so what do you got? Okay, for us? so I next we're week? going not telegraph. No, right? not telegraph. I, I, you know, I was. I keep waiting. I think you're going to be the one to the break troublemaker the seal. Troublemaker. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I kept, see, I kept, I, I kept thinking like I don't need to make Sam do it. But I guess, I guess you broke the uh, dominoes. I was fucking yeah. dude. <laughs> so, but it's not going to be this week. So, I, like, I have a real deep cut for next week. Ooh, uh, and so we're gonna. It's a life won't wait era b-side and we're gonna are we talking about things to come oh okay so i part of it i like i want to talk about the song but also i want to talk about the idea of b-sides and how all like um yeah i just have a lot of like and then growing up and like not like the whole idea i was gonna say like how many times have i buy like a thin cd jewel case yeah. with like two one more song yeah. in it i spent a lot of my life yeah exactly and yeah. i think that's kind of it's like a thing that's totally lost with streaming and yeah. Bandcamp and um and so i think it's kind of a yeah. fun way to feel old so <laughs> plus <laughs> yeah good. all right well uh everybody thank you for listening and uh thanks for the feedback we've gotten some feedback on twitter and on instagram uh yeah. had somebody who i can't remember your neck i think i think his name was kevin it's like re-listening to rancid 2000 because of us so that rules um 
Yeah, 100%. I, I hope he just. I hope he liked it. I hope he wasn't like, "Fuck, these guys are out of their minds," um, or maybe they would. I don't know. Anyway, so keep it coming, and one of these days, I don't know, send us questions, and we can do like a mailbag episode in a hundred years. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Rancid Pod, and we will see you next week. See you, Sam. I forgot. God, I totally forgot. <laughs> you were in a good rhythm. I know. I just rhythm. totally spaced it. Man, I'll have to. I need to listen to last week's to hear because I just need to take that sample from. You can just take that just, sample and put it like put some echo yeah. on it and have it be the outro. To our... <laughs> That'd be pretty. That's not a bad idea. We'll see. Just get really over the top with it.